Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking every week about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And we have some rain this week, cloud cover, things are waking up. You're even starting to see the locust trees, golden locusts, started, just started to leaf out. Now, you got to be aware that some trees want it. They, they bloom later in the season, so they may even look twiggy right now, especially if they're a little stressed by water damage or drought damage. So they'll just go, I'm not sure about this. I want some more. The rain actually helped. The humidity helped bring out leaf. Uh, many of your locust trees, ash trees are starting to go. Those warm season types of plants, even crepe myrtles, starting to show some foliage. Crepe myrtles, they love the summer. They want it to be 100. Uh, they want it to be 110. They're happy in that sun. They don't like the spring. They don't like this cold weather. And this has actually been a very cold spring. So it's been really spring gets started. Plants really start to wake up. Once they see a week worth of 70-degree of weather. They see that for, for every day, for, for a week, 70 degrees, something 72, 71, 79, doesn't matter, 70. They're happy. And what it really does is it warms up the soil. And as the soil warms with that warmer daytime temperature, it slowly starts to increase the soil warmth, kind of warms up the roots of your plants, and they start to take off. They start to uptake water and nutrients faster, better, stronger. The best thing you can do right now for your landscape is water things. This rain that we had amounted to nothing. I mean, it just wasn't enough. And so I'm seeing too much drought damage with customers coming in, at least here in Prescott, Arizona, Waters Garden Center. We're helping customers diagnose plants, what's going on, how, do, how can we help you. We're seeing uh, um, stressed plants that just really weren't taken care of over the winter. And I keep hearing customers saying, well, we had that big snow in January. That was at the wrong time. Plants were totally shut down. And so, yes, we got a lot of moisture, but it wasn't when the plants were uptaking moisture. And so it sat there. It almost did more damage because we saw a lot of damage with rosemaries and lavenders dying. That wasn't from drought damage. They were just buried under snow, at least at these higher elevations. They just rotted underneath the snow. And the moisture that went down into the root zone, the plants couldn't, the trees, the shrubs, the pine trees are really taking it in the chin right now. Um, you should really be watering those things. I, I would head down to the hardware store, you know, Ace, True Value, wherever, Cal Ranch, Tractor Supply, you know where they are. That's people that sell hoses, and I would get a soaker hose. Don't just rely on that drip system, not this spring. I would deep soak. I would just run that snake, that uh, soaker hose through to supplement my drip system. That'll take the edge off. So now we're actually watering the, the soil around the plants instead of just that one little zone. What happens where that drip system is dripping on that plant, it creates a teardrop shape in the soil. And it depending on how long you run it, it will create a larger, deeper 
a teardrop. And so it's just in that one little spot. But you've got roots all over the landscape. You really want to hydrate the whole plant. So I saw quite a few examples this week of plants that were damaged on one side. So half the tree looks really good. Half the shrub looks great. The other half looks like it's coming out late, dying, dead. And so that's purely because the entire root zone wasn't taken care of, wasn't hydrated enough. So it was relying on that drip system. And then that half of that tree that had some water prospered. The other half is dying or, or dying. You really need to get out there and, and, and supplement your drip system until we see a serious rain. I mean, substantial rain, one that, you know, an inch or more, it takes an inch of rain to penetrate six inches of soil. So really, we need two, three inches of rain to really make the forest healthy, to really make the landscape where your drip system is just a supplement, not a main life support system for your plants. Until that happens, take care of them. Now, don't overdo it. I'm, I'm always nervous telling folks you should water more. So many folks water too much more, and they kill things by overwatering. If you put a drip system out there and you're running that once, twice a week, that's good. For trees and shrubs, roses, vines, that kind of stuff, uh, flowers and, and uh, vegetable gardens, they're different. Containers, they're, they're, gonna, they're shallow, shallower rooted plants. They need more frequent watering. Uh, so don't, it's not for them. It's for your bigger rooted types of plants, especially your natives, the pine trees, the, the junipers. The junipers are dying right now because of the drought. If you simply watered a juniper once a month, that would be enough to have it thrive. It doesn't take a lot. Just water it until the rains come, which is probably at this point, two months away. So you might have to water a couple times. Those that, if you're in the Ponderosa forest, you might want to snake that, that uh, soaker hose up through there. You know what I'm talking about. The one that's black is made of recycled rubber. Uh, tires basically you put it through then it just weeps up and down that that's that, that uh, hose that's a great way to supplement your plants sometimes i'll use just a basic like old school sprinkler head uh, just let it kind of run in that part of the garden for a while works pretty good not quite as efficient because because it if you're sprinkling, you get more evaporation the wind can take it in places you really don't want it whereas a soaker hose you can be very definite all the water is going in the ground right here. So kind of watch that. Another one we found, I'm, I'm finding grubs, the, the bugs, because of the drought, bugs are becoming a problem. So I've, I've mentioned Ips beetle, bark beetle. If you see anything on the trunk that's bubbling, any sap, any sawdust, this is really bad. If you see anything on the trunk or the main crotches, that's super bad. Come see us right away because that tree is at extreme risk. If you've had a tree die in the yard and you've got a couple other healthy ones, come see us right away. Just because those two are still alive doesn't mean that dead plant, the symptoms that cause that to die aren't going to spread through your yard. This is serious. You want to really be proactive on this. And there's some, some bug killers you can, you can deal with. Grubs you don't see. So I've seen this week five-inch grubs. These were huge. They're almost they're, they're as long as your finger. It's scary. And they're eating the roots on your plants. So as you're planting this spring, so we are definitely in the spring planting season. It's all in. Go, go, go. You can plant anything you want right now. 
I think if you kept a sheet or something really quick, if we saw that last freak storm frost, you could just throw a sheet over it and it would protect it. So I think you're good to go to plant. Um, if while you're planting, you see any white worms white with a black head on it, it doesn't matter what size it is. So the big ones are, have ferocious appetites. They can actually take down a tree. They can take, I've seen eight-year-old locusts fall over in the wind because the grubs ate the roots off the plant. I've seen uh, rhododendrons, little tiny grubs, less than an inch long, but they, they, they attacked it by the hundreds, ate the roots off, fell over in the wind, kind of just started getting brown tips, and, and you just don't see it. But if, you, if you're planting, dig in a hole, and you see one of the, just one, come see us. There's a grub control. There's a, there's a granular, like a fertilizer. You sprinkle it in that part of the yard. And I wouldn't just do that hole for that plant. I would sprinkle that part of the landscape with grub killer because you know they're not just right there. They're kind of all over the place. And so watch those things. Don't take it for granted. Don't go, I found it. I stepped on it. All my problems are gone. They never come in onesies, twosies. They always come in families and clusters. So you'll get grubs that kind of, they burrow underneath the ground, come after plants. Now, I'm not trying to be spooky or scary. I'm not trying to scare you out of gardening. I just want you to be aware as you are gardening, if you see these things, um, it's easy to solve, super easy to solve. Just sprinkle it out there, water it in, they're gone. Just like they're gone for a year or for months and months. So, but just don't want to spook you, but I want you to be a smart gardener. When you see things in the mountains of Arizona, you know how to react to them deal with them and control them so your plants thrive in your backyard we've got lisa waters lane coming in with your garden questions got to take a break be back right after this you've been listening to the mountain gardener with ken lane owner of waters garden center in prescott join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens visit ken where he can be found throughout the week at waters garden center in prescott look if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? Uh, and then what are you seeing here on at the garden center? Because it's not like you're alone when the gophers are eating your plants. It's, everyone's got them. It's not with the grubs or when things are in bloom or butterflies are going. What's that? It's a painted lady. It's really small. What is that? Well, it's, it's a baby lady butterfly. So we try to help with that. And so we're in the peak of the season now. We're, we're having uh, 
record customers counts mm -hmm. coming in at the garden center record People plants are ready to garden. they're ready to garden it's kind of fun yeah. so welcome to the studio lisa thank you you're welcome yeah, that down just a little bit for you so <laughs> the microphone going so we pick up that beautiful voice of yours oh well thank you yeah it doesn't yeah. carry very far so the uh, um roses i see you were buried alive out there just a moment ago so mm -hmm. uh they're here they are here there's 1300 <laughs> it's crazy i don't know how we're gonna i don't know how we're gonna deal with all of them all of them are in bloom all of them you can smell and touch and play it's just a, if you're thinking roses that's a good time. It's probably your your best selection, best time mm -hmm. to choose and plant a rose. And the season's right. That's true. Very true. And we have any color, any style, any anything you want. We so have it. I was explaining to, to listeners that I'm a flower gardener. How would you describe what is your... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a flower child. I love gardening with flowers. You were the born in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> don't tell people that. They, they might think I'm actually young. <laughs> anyway. They can see. I know. Can well, the see. video they could tell. Yeah. The audio folks on the radio waves, they you can't sound tell. Young. That's yes, right. So anyway, what what would you just how do you describe yourself as a gardener? Ah. I don't know. I'm kind of a is there an omnivore gardener? <laughs> I kind of, I change it from year to year. So this year I'm really into the sedums and the succulents yeah. and euphorbias and definitely trying a lot of those. Um, some years I'm really into just the annual flowers. I would say over the winter you were into just a husband's kind of yeah. thought. You're big into houseplants. You loved well, your, you were, brought a lot of houseplants home. Mm -hmm. Different, funky, weird, some rare houseplants. Mm -hmm. So now you've moved outside and you're doing the succulent thing. So right. uh, I just like flowers. I'm a flower guy. But it's our, our daughter, Megan, she loves houseplants. Yeah. So she's still into houseplants and she brings them home all the time. Yeah. Pretty soon I'm not going to be florist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna just all be great not complaining i love it it's, it's nice but all of our kids were raised in the garden center so that was daycare we'd take them to school uh, and then you would come to work mm -hmm. and then one of us pick them up mainly you uh, just we were always there for games always there to yeah. pick them up always there and that's a great thing about a small business is you have flexibility you work all the time but you got flexibility to mm -hmm. take gaps out of your your day to right. be there and so we kind of tag teamed a mm -hmm. lot of that you okay. plan your day each morning go okay who's gonna do this where are we gonna do that uh and then uh i know they're all gardeners and they would come into the garden oh, yeah. center and they've just grown up around plants and they yeah. like they like plants i liked going to the garden center as mm -hmm. a kid did you yeah i just figured everybody went to a garden center <laughs> as a kid <laughs> <clears throat> so uh Garden questions? Do we? Yeah, we do have garden questions. So Jack has a Bradford pear that he's noticed some of the leaves around the edges are black. Yeah. Um, and they're just kind of a weird shape, kind of yeah. funky looking. Wants to know what's going on with that. So that can happen to Bradford pears. It can happen to red buds. What else? Um, the Japanese maples. Plums, yeah, plums. Fruit trees. They like fruit, especially mm -hmm. the pitted fruits. They like those. Yes. Uh, it's called thrip t-h-r-p th thrip also a, a common name for them is no seams because you can't see them they're so small the only way i can tell you take your cell phone and you take a branch and you just 
tap it on top of the branch and you'll see dust crawling on top of that black screen. Mm -hmm. The dust is thrip. And what they like to do, they've got a scarifying mouth part. They've got a, they scrape the uh, tissue on top of that leaf off, mm -hmm. off the plant and they're digesting it. And so the, the leaf is actually reacting to that by curling or blacking black tips. So they're actually sucking the juice and, and eating the material off that leaf. Mm -hmm. So they can cause holes, warped kind of leaf parts. The flowers can get black tips or the tips of the, the, the leaves can be black. Those are all indications of thrip. Uh, you'll never see them, but if you see curled leaves, you have thrip. That's it. You should spray them. It's just like that. Okay, what do you spray them with? I would say if it's a tree, especially an older, more mature tree, mm -hmm. we we make a product here called multi-purpose insect spray. It's the kindest, least offensive type of bug killer you can have. We actually replicate an organic uh, material, and then you can spray that tree with that, and it will obliterate the thrip. They're literally attacking the plant by the thousands and thousands. I don't know how many, it's the thousands. It's like dusting the plant and eating it alive. Um, they'll be with us until June or so, until it's really hot. Once we're up into the 95s or so, they'll kind of disappear. They don't like the heat. They like the cool. They like spring. And so spray it with multi-purpose insect spray. Now that's a concentrate. It's two tablespoons and a gallon of water. And or is it two ounces? Read the label. <laughs> I have to really legal. I have to tell you legally. Read the label. I thought it was um, three tablespoons. <laughs> I think it. Uh, it makes. I know a quart. A, a pint makes. 16 gallons of spray. I know that. And so you'll probably put that into a hose in sprayer for a tree so you can spray it 20, 30 feet up into the air. Mm -hmm. And so use a hose, a good hose in sprayer, put it in full strength. We can help you with that. We'll set it up for you. Mm -hmm. And then just spray that tree from a couple different angles. Come back at it in about two weeks. And then all the new growth should come out clean, straight, less effective. A good thing about that multi-purpose insect spray too, it's got a repelling action. So it tends to repel aphids and thrip for about a week or so. They're flying insects. So they come in and they just like clouds of them. You'll see them on your back deck when you're sipping coffee. You'll see dust flying around the, the little backyard, specks. Yeah. little specks. Those are thrip. And they're looking to eat your roses and your, your mm -hmm. red pears, all your fruit trees, because they're tasty. Right, so get a handle on them. Yeah, don't let them go. They won't kill a tree. They just make it look really they're ugly. Or plants. They just yeah. they'll keep them from blooming. They'll mm -hmm. keep them from leafing well. Just yeah. you just want to spray them. I agree. I agree. All right. Paul has our next question. He had to have a large cottonwood that finally bit the dust, yeah. cut down. His question is: how long should he wait before planting another tree? And how close to that original <laughs> stump? Can he go? Yeah, good. Those are good questions, actually. So you'll get all kinds of internet stuff off that. It's just, and none of it's right. <laughs> so I would say prevent the suckers. Mm -hmm. So cottonwoods are notorious from where you make the cut. They'll send up new you know, 20 suckers coming up. Don't let those grow. They'll be weak, they'll be short lived. Kill them off. We've got a brush and stump killer. What I would do is I drill around the cambium layer, that outer bark layer, drill some cordless drillers drill some holes, pour that in full strength, the brush and stump killer. And that'll kill off that root structure without tainting the soil. Mm -hmm. And so now you could, you could spray that or, or kill that stump. It'll start to rot. And then you could plant another tree like right now, because it's not affecting the surrounding soil, just that root structure. So it won't, so it won't sucker. Mm -hmm. 
So now where to plant? How close can you plant? Now, as roots rot in the ground, they taint the soil and prevent other plants from rooting in that space. Mm. So you really want to give it some, this is a natural, uh, a natural way the forest protects itself and spaces itself out as old, old trees die, new ones grow. They're, they're, they're naturally composting and creating separation. If you know that about trees, go out about five, six feet and start digging. And if you hit a, hit a root, dig somewhere else. <laughs> and, and cottonwoods have ex Good luck. just huge root structures. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I would shift, I would probably come out six, seven, maybe 10 feet. And you'll find a hole, you'll find a pocket of soil mm -hmm. where you could put a different kind of tree. You might even change it up and not put a cottonwood. Oh, yeah. uh, cottonwoods are short-lived. They grow fast, but then they flame out. Yeah. Same with willows, same with you know sycamores. They're just big, fast-growing, short-lived trees. So your maples, birch, locusts, there's so, so many ash. There's elms. so many varieties that you can grow in there. Yeah, elms. There's a new varieties of elms that aren't trashy like the Siberian yeah. elms that we have we'll that, that are way. great choices. Yep. Go with those. Oh, out of time. Wow. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners will be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, aka the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants in May are vining akebia, purple robe locusts, Prescott sunshine geraniums, and Indian hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning ever. Every backyard should have at least one and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I've been out there personally helping locals, backyard gardeners, with their trees this week. We just have had a lot of trees come in. I've been out there just helping people pick the right ones. And so we've had red buds. There's been a run on red buds as things look good. There's literally dozens of people coming in and they buy not one, they buy, you know, I'll take five of those. So that's the kind of market that we're in right now. People are still in their backyards, they're gardening. I've seen a lot of uh, investors. I think 1031 Exchange, you, you folks that sold an expensive house over there and moved here, you got to do something with that money or they get taxed heavily on it. And so we're seeing they're buying their house for cash and they're buying a couple others as investments. If you're an investor, I'm an investor too. I've got several homes, quite a few that I rent out, a lot of them to employees. 
uh, just because it's expensive to live here. And so if your staff can't afford to live here, they won't work here. So I'm trying to help them, uh, many of them. And so I'm an investor. Um, if, if you need help with that, that, you need some tough, robust plants. I mean, things that this all grow on their own. And there's some plants that are far better than others. So I've been helping a lot of investors this week. Uh, one thing I've noticed is the HOAs, maybe not yours, uh, but they're requiring you need a 24-inch box. It needs to be a maple. That is a total myth. I mean, what they this, that's, that's where predatory retail comes into. You'll get some folks, they'll shift a five-gallon plant, this puny little thing, into a 24-inch box, and it meets the spec for your HOA. But it's just a five-gallon plant. But it's in a 24-inch box, and it's just it's terrible. HOA management. You need the size, a caliper of trunk or size of head or something. There's better ways to measure the quality of a tree. That's a total shortcut for no quality, just a total shortcut for cheap price. So be aware what you're what you're buying when you're out there. Something you want to watch for trees, just because I've been out there, some folks have been confused. A really good tree is going to be grafted. A grafted tree, they don't start them by seed. You don't start an apple by seed, a peach by tree. You want consistency. When you have an Alberta peach, you want it to be exactly that variety. So we'll we'll take the perfect peach tree, a perfect maple, or a perfect aspen, and we'll, we'll take a cutting, a tip off of that plant. And then we'll graft that onto another maple rootstock. Uh, usually a hardier. So we're taking rootstock, roots, that are adapted for clay soils. So you're trying, you're picking the right kind of root for your climate so that it roots out easier, better, stronger, healthier. Then you're grafting that peach tree, cherry, whatever, onto that hardier rootstock. So those you, you'll see a little bubble or not at right at the, right where the, the tree starts growing right at the roots. That's that's a graft. And so we're doing that so we get an exact clone. That's an exact DNA model of that perfect plant. And we're growing that perfect plant on a hardier rootstock for our area. We'll grow that out for typically five, seven, ten years, depending on the size, however, however, what kind of plant it is, how big it is. We'll grow that thing up. And as it's growing, what happens is it'll, it'll turn into a whip. It'll grow really fast. Up, get, it'll get really tall really fast, and it won't put on side branches. And so you need to top it. You need to take nip off about 18 inches from the top. That takes out that growth hormone that's focused on growing, growing tall, and now it will start focusing on energy that's coming out your side buds. That's when you start getting the structure or the crown or the beauty of that plant, the scaffolding on fruit trees. The structure on your the the, the bushiness of, a, of an aspen or birch tree. This is where you get really good quality. The problem is if you just cut off or top a tree, now you get this. You lose your top. You still want it to grow straight, tall, nice, and but you but you also want those branches. What that'll also do when you top it is it causes the trunk to get much larger. So to solve the problem of we will lose our top if we just top it. We'll lose our leader or our structure, the, the sturdy, straight trunk. We'll graft another plant on top of that. So, so your really good quality trees, the masters, the artistry of tree growing 
is many times you'll see a Band-Aid. It almost, it's a piece of tape, really. Uh, but they've taken, they've cut the top off. And then they'll graft another top on top of that. So it forces this, th that top to stop growing as fast and to start focusing on side branches. And a really good tree will start having several grafts. We'll actually take several, we'll, we'll, we'll take our side branch, cut it off force it to start branching out so you get this nice full head. And now as that plant matures, it starts filling out nicer. So if you're seeing band-aids or tape, it looks like cuts or something like, like, like a band-aid. It looks like you cut yourself. But well, that's a graft. We cut it off, put a new slower growing tip on it. So the rest of that branch or that leader will fill out. And so that's, that's a very desirable tree. Very good. Now, they've been grafted probably last year, and now they're, they're fully rooted. They're fully, not rooted, grafted onto that, that limb or that top. And so you get a better, stronger, fuller, thicker trunked tree. And that's what you're really looking for. Then you're looking at trunk size. How is it straight or not? There's different ways to look at good quality trees. There you go. You have the insider scoop on how to buy a tree for your backyard. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. Waters companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lee, Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardener. Yeah, fumbled. So uh, as you, how many words a day do we speak here at the Garden well, Center every day? Is it you or me? Which one are we talking about? Well, you're just talking to customer. Yeah. You're just talking gardening with folks. You gotta, you're a better yes. listener than I am. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. You can talk all you want. I'm good you, with that. We are a good couple. I got to tell you, I love being married to you because I get to talk as much as I want, never be interrupted. And you just <laughs> listen in and hone into my every word. That is not true. I listen to every word you say. <laughs> I store it in my heart. Yes. You do support our family, us, our, us as a couple. I do love that about you. Been married 33 years, raised four wonderful kids together. In a couple months. Don't rush it too much. I'm enjoying year 33. Okay. 
the long year. <laughs> that's, yeah, COVID, yeah, COVID year. Oh my gosh, that's true, huh? <laughs> We're bound to get out of this thing. Oh my gosh. So anyway, let's not go down that no negative path. It was yeah. interesting. Paige is not back online because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Flagstaff is about five clicks. They're about five, six months behind. They just aren't, they're still harder to get in. They can't get employees. They're still doing things. I drive by, it's hard to do commerce up there. Prescott's got it, kind of a hybrid. They're, mm -hmm. they're doing mm -hmm. safe distance. They're doing pretty good, at least the places we hang out. Right. Phoenix is in full swing. Oh my gosh, the yeah, traffic is rocking. nuts down there. So they're back online. So it's mm -hmm. interesting how different communities is, adapt to the yeah. whole COVID thing, governments and businesses and citizens. Mm -hmm. So agree. just interesting, not right or wrong. We're all, no, each community different. gets to do their own. It's just, you just notice it and go, oh, that's interesting. Very, very interesting. That's true. Let's talk gardening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk roses. Oh, that's roses. what I want to oh, talk about. I yeah. want to talk about roses because we have roses galore. Yeah. Hundreds, so we, thousands, we thousands got our of roses. rose shipment in, and so we are blessed with some of the most beautiful, gorgeous roses I have seen. They're lovely this year. They're lovely. A man <laughs> never uses the word lovely. Beautiful, gorgeous, <laughs> voluptuous, but not lovely. Not lovely? Voluptuous roses. Voluptuous. I think there can be there can be that. Okay, never mind. Okay. I just I just offended all the females out there. That they, they're Voluptuous. changing the dial right now. Oh my god, he's an idiot. I know. What a man. Uh, I'm a man. I can change if I yeah. have to. I missed that show. Red Green Show. That was a classic. Those Canadians. It needs to come back. I wonder if I can find it. Yo, you could stream almost anything, especially if you beam it in from China back over to <laughs> Canada, get back to their back end servers. I'm sure there's a way to find it. Probably. I'll I have, have no to idea. Love that show. Yeah. But anyways, roses. Let's get okay. back to roses. So there are many types of roses. Yeah. There's uh, hybrid tea, which is probably the most, excuse me, the most popular yeah. Long out stemmed there. Long stem, beautiful single flower. I mean, single stem rose flowers. Yep. Very, very lovely. There's grandifloras, which are a little, uh, the bush itself is a little taller, a little more upright, but it usually has more of a floribunda flower, so a cluster of flowers. Then there's floribundas, <laughs> which is that cluster of three to five flowers on the end of a stem. Very like a starburst. Mm -hmm. It's like a flower starburst on the end of a long stem. That's right. It's pretty. All, all of those, I think, are just really nice, good standard roses to put into the yard. They have a little bit different characteristics, but if you're not a true rosarian, I think go pick a color you like and, yeah. a, and a smell or a fragrance that speaks to you. I mean, they come in reds and pinks and whites and orange and yellow and purple. And am I missing something? What's the number one seller? Usually the red. Red. Yeah, <laughs> red. I get tired of selling red roses, but it's it's, popular. We got a lot popular. of them. We have a lot of different varieties yeah. of red, but pick a color you like. I wouldn't worry so much about, oh, I got to have a tea rose or I got to have a grandiflora. Just go with the color that. What I find a lot of folks do is they go, I want a Mr. Lincoln. My grandmother had a Mr. Lincoln red yeah. rose. I want that one too. And, and, and it's a good red. It's a good rose. Oh, we have lots is. and lots of them. Mm hmm but you, there, there's a lot of reds. Oh yeah. Go with a red rose like your grandmother ha had, not a Mr. Lincoln rose, red rose. Because you could go Chrysler Imperial. They're just mm -hmm. there's so many varieties, fire, and fire. it might be that you find a fragrance. Mr. Lincoln doesn't smell that good. 
It's a big, bold, red flower. Now, see, I disagree. It's not as fragrant. Okay. I think it right. smells amazing. As a man, I don't <laughs> think it smells as good. <laughs> I love Mr. Lincoln. My other favorite is Sugar Moon. Oh, which that's is a, a white, good one. It's a white rose. Yes. But if you need a white rose and a red rose together, be oh. um, both of them smell so good. That would so be good. pretty if we could figure out how to graft those two on the same bush. I think they've done Would that, that be cool? Rose. Yeah. That they've done that. We had yeah. it a few years ago. I don't okay. know. We haven't done it again. Which also brings up the point of tree roses. So we have two different sizes of tree roses in. And we tried last year we got shorted. This year we got our full selection awesome. That's of good. tree roses. So just beautiful. I mean, your double delights in a tree rose. The sugar moon is in a tree oh, rose. Neat. Um, I think the Mr. Lincoln might be in a tree rose too. Oh. So a lot of different tree roses give it different colors. We also carry a good selection of shrub roses, which are, you know, they're, they're the four by four, still really great new colors they're coming out with. And the shrub roses from reds to yellows to whites to that um, variegated, like pink, yellow, and white on a bloom kind of thing. A lot of Don variegated. Juan. Is that, what is that called? Don Juan's red. Uh, That's a climbing rose. Yeah. Anyway, I forget. <laughs> Oh, so Joseph's coat. Joseph's coat. That's, That's one with a coat rose of many colors. Goes yeah. by many names. It has multiple right. colors on the mm -hmm. same bush. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So we also got a nice selection of climbers in. If you're oh, good. For those climber roses, uh, which, you know, if you are if you have a, a blank wall that just needs some sprucing up, I or, think a climbing rose is a great way to go. Or a barbed wire fence, and you just want <laughs> something prettier than barbed wire. There's lots of ways to use uh, carpet ro or uh, not carpets, um, climbing. climbing roses. Sorry, right? They both start with C. <laughs> okay, that works. Which brings up carpet roses. Ah, I knew you were going there. <laughs> Sometimes called ground cover or landscape roses. Yeah. Um, really, they're again just they're coming up with more and more colors all the time. You know, yeah. it's more than just that red that they used to have. Everything was red. And then they went, ooh, yellow. <laughs> when we're looking at the catalogs, we mm -hmm. actually tricked. So last year, we're going through the catalogs. And, oh, we want to grow this one and this one and this one and this one. And we we chose roses that had more fragrance mm -hmm. or more petal count. Mm -hmm. Some of them, they're, they're, they look almost not like a rose. They look like a peony or something. They're just striking. It's mm -hmm. unbelievable, the, the beauty right. on some of the new roses coming out. Mm -hmm. And we do definitely try to select for... Uh, the fragrance yeah. of them and some of them have like a citrusy what i love about their tags so we get the weeks roses yeah. what i love is their tag tells you oh citrusy scent that's good floral scent cinnamon yeah. scent i'm like oh does it really smell like that and kind of go well that doesn't smell like it smells cinnamon. like citronella <laughs> what are they talking about <laughs> I mean, and that's a really cool thing is we all have we pick up different smells yeah. and scents for all of us and the, uh, the people a lot of people ask me well what's your favorite which one would you pick and i'm like mm. we've grown so many if it's we, we change them out just going we're bored with this different one we don't have a favorite you're if you're a rose in our gardens you're in danger of being replaced <laughs> well, pretty much every three or four or five years <laughs> uh, pretty much anything um, miniature roses is another. Oh, we yeah. did get a few minis in, so those usually have a tends to stay smaller. The rose itself, like three feet or so, um, leaf is smaller, and the bloom itself is smaller on it. But it's very prolific bloomer. So when they bloom, they're just like wah, screaming at you, blooming. Yeah, they're not smaller bushes, 
the leaves and the flowers are a bit small. It has a different texture, different look to it. The bush itself doesn't stay smaller? I think it's, maybe it's, they, they impressively large <laughs> bush. I mean, it's like a standard size. Maybe it doesn't get up to Mr. Lincoln, since that's our favorite for this segment. That's a big <laughs> five-foot rose with huge yeah. flowers. Maybe it's only hip high. So maybe it's a little bit smaller, but they don't okay. don't think little tabletop rows oh, no, no, no. like you get at a florist shop for Mother's Day. It's not that, that, but I thought it was a little bit. Anyways, roses, come down and check them out. Thanks, Ken and Lisa Lane, Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So if I were to define myself as a gardener, I would really say my joy, my passion, my therapy session out in the gardens, I'm a flower grower. I mean, as a big burly man, I'm almost afraid to admit that, but I just love going out, deadheading flowers, getting to bloom again, fertilizing them. You get to touch and feel flowers more than other types of, of plants. I like vegetable gardens. I, mean, I do that. And I've, I've got vegetables. But, you know, the vegetables are kind of ugly plants. They're just big, green, fast-growing. The fruits are beautiful, and they're sure fun to pick, especially with grandkids. But flowers, flowers are my thing. That's my that's my kryptonite in gardening. I just can't. I ha, I just love growing. I'm drawn into it. I just I'll go to neighbors' yards or friends' yards or or family, and I'll, I'll deadhead your flowers. I'll get them to grow. I'm, I'm looking for aphids. I'm trying to get them to max. Getting the full, beautiful, covered in flowers kind of kind of thing. I just I just like touching flowers, sipping coffee, watching hummingbirds and butterflies. It's magic. You're coming into flower season. There's a transition going on right now. With flowers, so the pansy crop. This is a very late, win late winter, early early spring kind of crop. It loves the cold. We're out of pansies. You can't come in at least to Waters Garden Center. You're not going to find any. They're all gone. The season is gone for that. It, we're now going into the true spring season. We're done with the chills, the cold nights. There's probably no more snow going to happen. There might be a quick frost, but it'll, it'll warm right back up quick. So we're shifting to plants that like that type of environment. These are things like pansies and geraniums. They all love calipricoa, million bells, petunias. These plants love spring. And as we heat up towards summer, so sometime in June, July, it gets, gets a little warm, they'll thrive. They just grow even faster. Whereas pansies, they'll tend to collapse. They just You can't water them enough. They just don't like the heat. They like the cold. And so you'll see this shift into plants. 
and it'll progress as we get further into May at this point. And so it'll kind of crescendo into June. Sometime in June, that's when you get the best selection. You get big, full uh, annual flowers. Annuals are ones that just are, are just covered in color for the entire growing season, but they don't really winter over for us. That's an annual. Perennials, the flower, they don't really get covered in flowers. They just have nice, pretty, kind of like wildflowers. Nice, pretty, look at that poppy. Oh my God, isn't that beautiful? But it's not covered. You see some green with some flowers. But the beauty with a perennial, they'll hibernate underground and they come back again next year. So once and done, you plant them once, they come back for years and years. You can divide them, you can spread them around the yard. There's a lot of benefit, positives with perennials. Perennials really need to be two years old before they'll actually look good, flower well. Some of them will be five, ten, seven years old. Some of your big peonies, the Ito peonies, those things are like 10 years old. They're a hundred bucks. They're expensive because the farmer has been holding on to them for 10 years. But now it's old enough to actually be loaded this year, right now, loaded with per huge perennial flowers the size of your, those peony flowers the size of your hand. They're, they're magnificent. The smell, the fragrance, it's just so good. So perennials are typically more expensive than an annual. The reason is an annual, it, it only takes anywhere from six to maybe three months to grow a nice annual, including baskets, big, big flowing baskets. They might only be three or four months old. So you're, you're holding on to that crop much shorter time. So you don't have all that labor and expense and fertilizer and soils for that extra year or two or three. And so typically annuals are about half, maybe 30, 40% less than a perennial. So that's just so you know, why is that? Sometimes you'll find, I say online or something, I hear this all the time. Oh, these perennials are so cheap. They're, I'm going to buy them online. And you get them, well, they're, they're plugs. They're not even one year old. They're not even, they're only a few months old, maybe. They just got started uh, by cutting typically. And then you get them, you get this scrawny looking thing, and it doesn't bloom that year. That's because perennials typically have to be at least two to three years old before they're old enough to bloom. That's how you do perennial flowers. Uh, apple trees, uh, uh, fruit trees are sort of like that. Fruit trees need to be at least five to seven years old before they're old enough, mature enough to start fruiting. You can find a cheaper fruit tree. That'll be called a whip. Uh, it's just smaller. It's, it's, it's just not old enough. It's too young. And so it'll, it'll sit there and it'll grow, but it won't produce fruit for another three or four years. So you're almost better off. I don't know if depends on, on where you're at and your stage in life. Our niche in the marketplace here, Waters Garden Center, uh, is we sell trees that are old enough to fruit right this year. You'll see them fruit right in the racks. So we are purposely holding on to trees several more years so that now they are old enough to actually fruit for you in, in the yard year one. And so there, you got to be aware of what, what are you buying from the net or your competitors or just kind of just do your research and know where you're at and part of this show i just want you to be smarter a better gardener a more a gardener that thrives out in the yard where your yard goes whoa I, how'd you do that that's amazing when neighbors go by i want that for you just a few little tricks like that make a big big difference 
either catching up. I want a little bit more mature yard. I want more better, more. I want wildflowers that bloom now, not two years from now. Uh, the other one I can teach you is annual flowers are typically the heaviest feeders on earth. They, they even beat tomato plants. They need to be fed regularly. You can't just buy a big hanging basket or a big geranium or big you know, African daisy, whatever it is, calipercoa, coleus, begonias, impatience. You just name them. You know what all your favorite. You're seeing them on the magazines. You're surfing the web. You're showing you pretty pictures. Um, these plants produce that kind of flower. Needs a lot of food. And so for me, what I do is I'll plant my, like I put my petunias in. I put uh, a lot of Incas, my favorites. So, so they're, they're going in the ground right now. And as when I plant them, I'm putting them in fresh potting soil because that's their grower's mix. And so they, they, they're used to soilless potting soil, an organic one. We make our own here. It's called water's potting soil of all things. But I'll plant that in there. I'll water it in really good, and I'll usually use some root and grow. It's a liquid compost tea uh, that you add to water. And then you water things in with that so that they don't go into transplant shock. This is like really hard on plants. When you pull them out of that bucket, that, that pot there, that tray that they've known all their lives, and you put them in the ground, they're not going to be happy. So you want to help them get used to that. And so that root and grow kind of helps that. And I'll do that at least twice. I'll, 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 I'll water them in with that root and grow. Again, you add it to your water. And I'll follow up in about two weeks. And I'll keep doing that every two weeks until I see that plant stabilized. Once I go, oh, that thing's happy. All right, I'm a gardener. That looks good. I'll cut it off the root and grow. Now, the secret is the long-term approach is you need a fertilizer. Root and grow has a very mild fertilizer. It kind of tickles the feet so it wants to root out. Now, the long-term meat, potato, kind of make it grow big, whether it's trees, shrubs, or flowers, or vegetables, I'll add some fertilizer, granular fertilizer, on top of that as I plant it. So I, I like the 744 all-purpose plant food for my flowers because that cottonseed meal in that particular mix, it's organic. I mean, just flowering things love cottonseed meal. Uh, so I'll sprinkle some of that on, and because it's organic, it'll slowly release over the next two months or so. That gets me a nice big plant. Now, in addition to that, so especially big blooming pots, big raised beds, if you really want them to go over the top, or uh, hanging baskets or, or, or window boxes, if you really want them to go over the top, I'll at that point, I'll supplement that all-purpose plant food with flower power. It's a water-soluble fertilizer. Uh, when I'm finally done putting the root and grow and they're stabilized and they're rooting and they're starting to show growth, I'll cut it off the root and grow, and I shift over to flower power. And I'll feed that plant flower power every two weeks, a couple times a month. And that just makes the flowers, I mean, they're covered. You can't see the, the foliage. They're just covered in flowers. It's so exciting. So plant them. Feed them uh, uh, root and grow uh, to get them stabilized. Feed them 744 all-purpose food for the longevity of big plant and flower power for just sheer color. That's how you make flowers grow. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. 
He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. If you want just some garden entertainment, just some fun, lighthearted news, um, I would encourage you to follow our Facebook and Instagram pages. We're just, we're, we've had this week, I had a picture of pretty cats in a blue pot in the garden. It was just so cute. It went wild. It went viral. Uh, a lot of you bring your dogs to the garden center. We encourage that. We like dogs. I think dogs and gardens just kind of go together. And so when people bring their, their dogs in, we've been taking photos of them and just highlighting them going, hey, show us your dog. What's her name? It's just fun, uplifting, sometimes inspirational as far as here's what's in bloom. So uh, the, the purple robe locusts are starting to bloom. This big tree, maybe 30 feet tall, it's, it's already in bloom in Dewey, Prescott Valley, the, the little bit, kind of 5,000 foot level and below. Prescott, it will start to bloom here like this week. And then Groom Creek, some of the higher elevations, Highland Pines, you know, Williams, it'll grow. It'll start to bloom uh, probably next week. And so there's just this progression depending on your elevation. Started to bloom. And I know people are going to go, what is that tree? That's really pretty. So I just shot a video, posted up to Instagram that migrates over to Twitter, and Facebook. And so if you want to see my backyard, um, that's a great way because I if I'm out there, I see something pretty, butterflies, whatever. If I see a problem, I, I got a, uh, last year I got a, a a picture of, a really good picture of a bud worm. So you, it's, this is this little tiny green caterpillar that eats the flowers off your plants. When, oh, people need to know. Click, shut it off. So it's, it's, inspirational and then it's helpful it's it's it'll help your gardens thrive give you some good garden ideas another one that i got uh, i have an akebia vine growing up a a one story not quite one story it's over maybe seven foot tall wall and then it grows up to my patio and then on to an iron bench it's beautiful everyone comments on it and i went hey let me show you my favorite vine in my backyard this is five leaf akebia and look how it grows. And so you get some ideas of how to use plants. As I come across them in here for here, this, this elevation, the mountains of Arizona, I share that. And it's meant to be a help. It's meant to be lighthearted. It's never politics or religion ever mentioned. Um, although we are politically involved and we do have faith. But I think gardening is not a place to share that. I think this is just us, neighbors, all of us can enjoy this. And here's something that may help you in the garden. So go to, uh, if you're in a Facebook person, just look for Waters Garden Center and subscribe. You'll just be, it'll be part of your feed. Guaranteed it'll be uplifting. If you don't like it, you can always go unsubscribe. That liar, he told me wrong. I hate this. Go, delete it and vaporize it. It's too easy to get on and off. 
Instagram, same thing. Waters Garden Center AZ. So just kind of that's, if you look for us, you'll find it. But uh, that is more, Instagram's more video and pictures. And then Facebook's more, uh, just more depth to it. You can have some more, more post to it. And then Twitter is just mainly, if you're a Twitter person, there's not many of you, but some of you are out there. Um, great news stories. So all of our, our garden columns go out through that. The radio show goes out in that. So you can go read that on your Twitter feed. Look for Waters Garden Center. We're easy to find. I encourage you to subscribe, to uh, follow, to, to like and comment. Liking and comment actually helps small business because Google actually ranks you higher when, when, your customer, when your followers are engaged. They like that. And they go, oh, well, show it off more. Show it to more, more folks in the mountains of Arizona really helps out. But anyway, follow that. It's meant to be a help and it's meant to be just fun, interesting, helpful news feeds in your social media. Ken and Lisa Lane here at Waters Garden Center. Throughout the week, we camp out here and love talking to fans of the show. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. The place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.